Welcome to Shakti's podcast. At Shakti Health and Wellness Center, we practice medicine which deeply values the importance of relationship between doctor and patient. Our integrative medicine approach focuses on the whole person, is informed by evidence-based medicine, and makes use of integrative therapies to help you reach your optimal health and healing. We will stress the importance of prevention of illness as well as treating symptoms. In our podcast, we'll be covering topics in health, wellness, and fitness. Our goals are to empower you with knowledge to take charge of your health and live a healthier lifestyle. Welcome to Shakti Podcast number 10. Today, I have a very special guest, Dr. Gina Sager, who is a retired general surgeon, as now a mindfulness instructor, uh, Eden energy work instructor, as well as yoga instructor. She is... um, basically now a healer practitioner um, that has a wonderful website, ginasager.com, that lists um, is a great resource as well as lists all her services and classes. So welcome, Dr. Sager. Thank you and, so much. And um, today we are going to talk about yoga nidra, which yes. is one of my favorite things to do for mindfulness. Uh, I was introduced to it through her course of mindfulness, which is an eight-week uh, workshop, which is oh, a few hours a week for eight weeks. Yes, it's so, two and a half hours a week for hours. eight weeks. Um, available online as well? Um, it, it, I am currently doing an online class, and hopefully we'll make that available, yes. So it, it basically allows for uh, access to very deep, restorative, sleep-like qualities when you do it, which is very near and dear to my heart because of the issues of uh, internal medicine. Lots of uh, medical issues you know, are exacerbated by poor sleep. Yes. And, you know, even including just cognitive function, performance, uh, thinking, driving and not getting into accidents, as well as medical problems like, you know, sugars go up, blood pressure goes up, you know, inflammatory markers go up when we don't sleep properly. So I'd love for you to start telling us a little bit about what yoga nidra is. So, I mean, the first important thing to recognize is what you're referring to is that the latest statistics suggest that 86% of Americans are sleep deprived, which sounds to me like a national emergency. You know, we're driving and we're doing critical tasks and we're too exhausted to do them. Mm -hmm. Um, So for me, yoga nidra is really the antidote to the busyness of our life. It, It absolutely... Um, takes us out of the fight or flight response, the, par- the sympathetic response, which is so m- familiar to us and, and really ubiquitous in our world, into a place of deep relaxation, which invokes all of our natural healing capacity. It returns energy and resources to the immune system, to the GI tract, to the, the endocrine system, and it allows us to go into a deeply restorative state. Now, the ancient practice of yoga nidra actually has far more possibility than just sleep. But I think for us in this modern world, what we most need is sleep. So what most people don't recognize um, is that even if you're not noticing the experiences of life around you, they're still making an impression in your subconscious mind. And in a perfect world, what happens is we have our day experience, we go home at night, and in dream time, because all of our experiences are stored symbolically or archetypally. So in our dream time, we sort of, the wisdom of our body sort of sorts out the messages of the day that will be useful to us for our growth and continued healing. And it lets go of the stuff that's really not going to serve, just like the noise. I think of it sort of as like now with the weather in Maryland, you know, you drive your car, no matter how carefully you're going to get salt on your car because there's salt in the world. 
And so that's sort of the same thing with sensory impressions. If there's negativity in the world, it gets on you like salt. If other people are having strong opinions or angry, it gets on you like salt. And it is making an impression, even if you say that it doesn't bother you. So again, in a perfect world, we would do all this sorting in the nighttime while we're sleeping, and then we would wake up with a perfectly balanced nervous system ready to start the day. But you know how this goes. Most of us are not sleeping well because our minds are still busy. We don't turn it off. We, do, we have so much sensory overload that we can't possibly process all of the information. And so we need help. So I think that the key is restorative sleep. Yes. Uh, adults need uh, seven to nine hours of restorative sleep, not just I am in my bed for eight hours and staring at the ceiling sleep. So this I found is a nice cheat that yes. I can tell patients yes. that they can use to, um, to kind of help restore them. How is it different from other mindfulness techniques? Well, I think mindfulness by its own nature in, involves effort. You know, you're deliberately choosing to come back to present. You're noticing when your mind wanders, you're choosing to come back. But for the yoga nidra practice, you're really invited to stop participating, to stop choosing. And in fact, the, there's a period of, of relaxation, physical relaxation, to allow energy blocks to be released from the body. Um, and some part of the imagery that's involved in yoga nidra is so fast that you're meant to, it's sort of as if we're taking the cognitive mind's ability offline so that it's not able to interfere, it's not able to figure out what's going on or how the practice is going or how you're doing. Um, it really just disconnects your need or willingness to to direct what happens and it allows you to drop into a place of deep rest that's really the key because most of us are going to have that little resistance like i don't know what it's like to totally relax and i'm not going to go there but the very mechanism of the induction of relaxation in yoga nidra sort of takes you there now it is something that helps restore sleep but you could do it at any point in the day yes and uh, how much time is spent on, with yoga nidra? What's the time frame? In my hands, it's about an hour-long practice. Mm -hmm. um, I think that most people, are even experienced meditators, take at least 20 minutes to sort of settle down and come back to some degree of balance. So if we're talking about deep restorative rest, an hour or an hour and a half long practice is probably going to be more beneficial. So maybe if someone has never tried it, uh, doing it in the evening closer to bedtime might be a good time to start. Doing yes, it. I mean, absolutely. It can be used therapeutically for sleep, which again, in my opinion, is, is the primary reason to do it right now. Uh, it can also be used, though, as an energizing practice. You know, once you rest and restore and sort and release all of these images and impressions that don't serve you, then you've got more energy for the things that you really like to do. So there are people that are quite energized after a yoga nidra practice because depending upon how deeply you rest, it has the physiologic effect of two to eight hours of restful sleep. There's one part of your yoga nidra class that uh, always makes me chuckle. You say, you know, hold your arm. You were taught to hold, have the elbow bent, and so if you fall asleep, it hits you and yes. you wake up. But you told us, basically, if you fall asleep, it's because you're tired. Yes. And it's okay to sleep, which is the one of the things I get back from a lot of patients. I can't do yoga nidra because I just fall asleep. Yes. But that's okay. It's okay. It is absolutely okay. And it's actually okay for me for all of the things that I teach because if you get 20 or 30 or 45 more minutes of sleep than you had and it's restorative, that's going to be more benefit to you than anything else. Because, you know, just by that, by resting, you're shifting out of the, para, out of the sympathetic response into the parasympathetic response and you're infusing all of your healing capacity in a way that it needs. So can you tell us about the mechanics of the yoga nidra? 
workshop or classes that you have? Sure. So, so the important thing, again, is that most of us are not relaxed. So the, um, the major focus of Yoga Nidra really does wrap around mindfulness and energy medicine because it recognizes that energy needs to flow with ease through the body and that the body stores muscle memory, cellular memory. And sometimes we keep you know, impressions in the body from traumatic experiences, and those impressions that are stuck can cause physical, emotional, spiritual pain. So the intention of Yoga Nidra is to relax the physical body to the extent that energy flows with ease, which then means that these energetic blocks can be removed. So it's, it's like deeply restorative in this way. Mm-hmm. There's a systematic way of inducing relaxation, which again is meant to take, it sort of stimulates the sensory and motor cortex of the brain to take your cognitive ability out of the way. So there's a, there's a pause between firing of neurons. And I imagine that as we move through the practice, we're sort of inviting the neurons to fire and then moving quickly to the next thing so that they sort of like don't get another impetus to fire and so they get to rest if that makes sense. So we're systematically moving through the body to a place of deep relaxation. And then we spend some attention on breath, just following breath in and following breath out, um, counting backwards from 27 toward one. Um, It feels to many people a little bit like hypnosis. But what I understand uh, the difference to be is that what Yoga Nidra is doing is actually opening all of the neural pathways in the brain to infinite possibility. It is actually creating new neural pathways between the left and the right hemispheres of the brain so that that in every moment we've got access to the entirety of our capacity. Hypnosis is more about narrowing down to a particular point and focus. So you're not being hypnotized, but you will likely feel deeply restored. So after this period, what happens is that your body is theoretically relaxed enough that you can release the weight of the body and have access to your higher levels of consciousness. Right, and one of the big things is that usually the left side of the brain and the right side of the brain work independently of each other. And so the techniques that bring those two together is extremely helpful for healing. And this is a tool that people can use to help establish that. I don't really know many other things that allow us to simultaneously use the left and the right hemispheres of the brain, except for alternate nostril breathing, Mm -hmm. which I do incorporate in the yoga nidra and this practice. Mm -hmm. Most of the time, we're either left or right or flipping back and forth. So there's some guided imagery then that's involved uh, in the practice, which is really meant to sort of stir the pot of your subconscious mind. So all of those impressions that are stuck there from your daily life, anything that's sort of taking an inordinate amount of energy under your, under your cognitive radar that might just be draining you because it's an unresolved festering emotion or experience, when the body is completely relaxed and those energy channels are open, it's not impossible that this can just leave. We're hovering in the state between sleep and wakefulness and indeed invoking the alpha state here in particular for yoga nidra. An alpha state is known to be where you are aware and alert, but in a not reacting to stressors. Yes, and in a relaxed state. And so, so state. non-reactive that when there's a period of guided imagery, it's possible to bring very provocative energy, uh, I'm sorry, imagery into yoga nidra after you're relaxed, and it will not have a physiological because your whole hypothalamic pituitary adrenal axis is 
sort of at ease. And the hypothalamic pituitary adrenal axis is really what's invoked when we're under stress. Yes. So cortisol driven, uh, you know, cortisol has a bad rap. I think people think cortisol is a bad thing, but in reality, we need a low level of stress to run our lives. It's what we do with that stress and our choice we make when we are exposed to that stress. And Again, creating that space, which you talked about in podcast nine with mindfulness is very important. But this, I love yoga nidra because it is something that at the very, it might be your introduction into mindfulness as well because it is kind of passive. And uh, who doesn't want a good night's sleep? Well, and I think it's really important because, um, you know, most people don't understand what it feels like to be rested. Right. And so it's, it's sort of a surprise to most folks. It was a surprise to me when I did it in my yoga teacher training. I was like, what in the world was that? And everybody said, oh, it was just a relaxation practice. And it was in that moment when I was in my 40s, I'm like, well, then I have never relaxed or rested in my whole life right. because I've never felt like that before. Right. And we speak about this before is that, you know, you create a new baseline for yourself that might be very foreign to you yes. because you've always run on sympathetic overdrive. And now you're restoring a parasympathetic. And with my experience with yoga nidra, I remember being so relaxed. I think someone asked me the next day if I had just come back from a vacation. Yes. Because I, it, it lasted for yeah. a while. And, you know, I wish we could all go to Hawaii all the time. <laughs> but we have yoga nidra to turn to because yes. it is so relaxing. And it is very restorative. So I encourage everyone to try yoga nidra. Now, where can people find... Um, you know, meditation guides to try to start. So I have a lot of Yoga Nidra uh, MP3s on my website, and I teach a lot of classes in the area. So um, there are plenty of opportunities. Um, I, I actually teach some sort of a magical Yoga Nidras at the Salt Sanctuary in Elkridge and at another Salt Sanctuary up in Howard County. So not only are you deeply relaxed, you're also lying in a zero-gravity chair getting a salt treatment. That sounds amazing. It's pretty It's pretty. Amazing, because the other piece that's important about um, yoga nidra is that um, most of the ancient wisdom traditions believe, at least in Ayurveda, that a lot of our diseases are due to a misuse of the senses. Can you expand on that? So we eat too much, we listen too much, we look too much. You know, we're overusing our senses. We're overwhelming ourselves with incoming information. Which is terrible with the Which social media terrible. and our phones. Yes. And, yeah, and so yoga nidra, the actual Sanskrit de- description of it in the eight-limbed path of yoga is, is uh, pratyahara which is sense withdrawal. So it's literally a recognition that we have a lot of sensory overload, but in order to compensate for that, we have to unplug all of those senses and let them rest so that they can recover and restore. And then when we come back to our regular life, we start out at a new baseline so that we're not continually adding insult to injury with all of the information and overloading, you know, emotional. I mean, this is a hard time to be alive. And one thing I would recommend to everyone, Yoga Nidra is amazing, but everybody responds to it for the first time in a different way. And I will, you know, when I first tried a few minutes of meditation that was offered um, through my temple, it was two minutes and it would drive me crazy because I did not want to shut my eyes and think of nothing for two minutes. But it's an evolution, so you have to keep at it, but then you will start to crave that sense of peace that you get. So 
even if you try it a few times and you feel like it's not right for you, I would encourage you to stick with it because it is has a huge ability to change your physiology in your body, give you, um, again, connect your right and left brain, give you restorative sleep, which helps with tremendous medical issues th- that are out there and, and a lot of our illness yeah. that's cycled around the fact that we are in sympathetic overdrive. And it's also changing our mind because, you know, what we think is that we have to rehearse some, something to get good at it. And all of these things that we've talked about today are about practice. It's not about rehearsal. There's no final performance. It's a moment-to-moment meeting of your experience. So we're not trying to be experts as soon as we sit down. We're recognizing, we're tuning into the process. And just changing that in that way, I think, has a healing effect. To realize that I don't have to be the best. I don't have to do this right every time. There is no right way anyway. Because the only thing I'm asked to do is to notice what is true right now. And to rest. Yeah. And to well, not, yeah, not think things should be otherwise. So please uh, check out the show notes at the end of the podcast. It gives you the links to Gina Sager's website. And thank you again, Gina, for helping us understand uh, about the sympathetic overdrive and the tools that we have that can empower us to heal ourselves. Thank you so much. It's been a pleasure. 